What's up, people? Jonathan Wiseman here, jweissmarketing.com, and today is another episode of The Grit. Uh, I've got Steven Plash here with me, and he's got a dope-ass company that we're going to talk about, getting into the details of it. It's an e-commerce business platform where he sells products. So if you sell any products online, merchant services, e-commerce, any of that type of shit, this podcast is going to be for you. Whoo! Sorry, I had too many drinks. <laughs> so we're going to get right into this. Steven, what's happening, brother? Thanks for coming on the show. What's going on, Jonathan? Man, just grinding. I was checking out your products and your website. I haven't had a chance to see them in person yet. Uh, I used to build trucks a little bit back in the day. I say I built them. I didn't personally. I had somebody that did. And we used a lot of different LED lights, and I used to play around with ATVs and, and go get stupid in the mud. And the first thing I thought about when I landed on your website was... That would have been some dope shit to have back in those days. Oh, yeah. So I want to take it back, though. Um, I, I believe you, it's all about LED lighting for different applications. Correct. Yeah, that's all we do is LED. Simply. I mean, it's that simple. The, LED the, the lighting. The days of halogen are gone. The, the days of uh, high-pressure sodium. The, the days of uh, all the other types of uh, lighting are pretty much. It's LED now, and then you've got... Uh, You've got some stuff in the works. It's like laser that's coming out. Really? Laser? That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, let's go ahead and take it back and just, I want to hear your story. I want to hear how you got started in the business. Uh, we're going to talk about the ups and downs, the nitty gritty. And anybody that's watching, if you get value from this, if you know Steven directly, uh, if this brings you value, whether you're in the lighting business um, or in e-commerce, we'd love for you to go ahead and leave a review, share this, share it with others so we can get the word out there. Uh, but let's dive right in. Let's tell me how you got started into the LED business. Man, it's uh, it's a, a means of necessity. You know, I, I couldn't afford the lighting that I wanted. Uh, at the time, this was uh, 2007, uh, I was at the motocross at uh, Houston NRG, and there was this Toyota Tundra that just started strobing at the end. And I was like, what in the hell is that? I got to have it. Yeah. Uh, always been the guy that walks in the room and turns on all the light switches um, adds accent lighting. You know, I've always had kind of a lighting problem. So when I saw that, uh, in, a, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of so, my, my best customers have lighting problems. Yeah. When you were at motocross, was it for bikes or were they doing some yeah, it was motocross? Yeah. Okay. So they were just racing bikes and yeah. doing different shows and but shit. They just had a, a, they always had that truck drive around the, right, like the, a, the stadium or whatever. And mm -hmm. it was going crazy. So I went online right then and I ordered a 10 inch rigid bar, $450. Holy shit, that's a, that's a lot of money. That's expensive. Yeah. And this was how long ago? 2007? 2007. So over 10 years ago, and it was still 450 bucks. Mm -hmm. They're expensive as shit. Yeah. So um, once I played around with that guy, put it on my ATV, drove through the mud, realized that that was the, the future. This is what we need to be using for everything. Uh, so then I kind of just took that mentality uh, to my bow fishing boat that had some halogen lights duct taped to the front rail. Uh, had a, a Generac generator, which was a royal piece of shit. Um, <laughs> the whole boat vibrated. It was just a terrible setup. Yeah. Um, I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So uh, scoured the internet, ran across this uh, site called Alibaba. Yeah, what's all this shit? All right, cool. Um, let me try to order some of this stuff. Met some people on there and uh, got some stuff in a couple weeks, a month. And uh, most of it, I said, was, it was okay. It was junk. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. Uh, and so I kind of just took all those parts and I did what I call Frankenstein in them. 
uh, and I built my own lights for my boat. And with the rest of the parts, I put it back together and I sold it on Craigslist. Real cool. It was, it was that simple. I'm like, all right, so now my boat's good. I, I just made it, doubled my money, and I got free lights from my boat. Uh, I'm like, well, shit, let me try this again. And so I, I just did that over and over again. And I had a, a $100,000 a year job, construction superintendent. Uh, they were working the dog piss out of me. I was going to ask, how old were you when you started the business? Or uh, when all this was going on yeah, before as a business? Yeah, so I started doing this in, um, what, probably uh, 09. Uh, 2010, 2009. Uh, so that's when it started. I didn't uh, really start Plash Lights until 2012. That's when I, I filed for the tax ID. 2012. Uh, yeah, but there was a, a year or two years where I was slinging them out of the garage. Yeah. I mean, that's how most of the best stories start. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing it for yourself, little fixer-upper, Frankenstein, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But have a lot of customers that still come by that I've known since I was in my garage. Single car garage that you know barely had a workbench uh you know makes this place look you know really large <laughs> uh, you know and, and i'll take just, that as a compliment <laughs> we just made it work you know um i didn't have the 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 parents that send me to college you know i didn't have the the and i went to community college for a couple of weeks it just wasn't for me yeah uh, it wasn't the uh, the type of of uh the workforce that i wanted to go into it wasn't uh wasn't my cup of tea yeah i mean i was telling you the same thing before we started the show it's i'm a high school dropout the age of 17 and started with a 300 hundred dollar inheritance and dad was like get the fuck out or live by my rules i said peace and and started there and, and you know that's the best education you can get in my opinion it's get out there and grind and you got to figure it out um luckily starting your business you said you had a uh, superintendent job bringing in a decent amount of income did you use that to help fund this project to get it off the ground absolutely not i was terrible with money uh, i was in debt um, house car credit cards boat probably a stupid generator um <laughs> you know uh i think i was forty-five thousand in debt when i started this company uh, i applied for a discover card five thousand dollars and i said hey i'm gonna put everything on this discover card i'm in it for five grand let's see what happens and uh that's how it started just just doubled and doubled and doubled and you know next thing you know there's there's 30 credit cards now that i have and lines of credit you know it it, but there was a five thousand dollar credit card so it all started with a five thousand dollar credit card off some good credit that's it there you go that good credit there you go i mean that's the fucking story of dreams Mm -hmm. i love it so this was 2012 ish uh this is probably 2010 at what point did you start generating some money to where you were like, wow, this is actually an opportunity not just to get my own stuff for free and outfit all my toys, but this could also you know, be a, a substantial business model to make a profit? Was there a certain point or aha moment that you had from toying with it and Frankenstein in it to where, okay, I see dollar signs and opportunity here? I, I knew I didn't have the uh, the credit. I knew I didn't have the, the capital to go all in. Uh, so I put all the profits back into the company. Did that for a year and a half. And then there was that aha moment one day where uh, my boss is telling me I'm getting this new new job coming up. I just finished this one project in the museum district, and they wanted to move me to the north side of Houston, which uh, was against my policy. I don't go north of I-10. Okay. And... Uh, he said, hey, you're our youngest superintendent, you're our best, and we're going to give you our, our, our biggest project to date, and it'll be the biggest tilt wall project in Houston, and I hated tilt walls anyway. And I was like, man, you know, I just I made $10,000 today. 
I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling this anymore. Is what I was thinking. And uh, he goes, now, if you can't be 100% committed on this, we need to talk about it. And I said, well, let's talk about it because I'm about 50% committed. And that's not fair to you and it's not fair to me. And uh, we had a, dent, or had a lunch uh, a day or two later. And that was it. We went our mutual ways. I finished, I, I came back and I, I finished that project I was on and uh, made sure all those loose ends were tied up for that's the next cool. couple of months. Um, I mean, we just worked like a hybrid. It wasn't fully a salary. Yeah, yeah. So you exited out of the business respectfully, and it was just time for you to move on and start your own business. And you just said that you made ten grand uh, in a day, and that was off of Plash Lights. It was off of selling the LED lights. Yeah. And Plash Lights, obviously, your net last name is Plash. Right. So a lot, of, a lot of people don't understand what the, the play on Flash Lights is. But it's, it's my last name. It's Plash. Okay. So that, that's where it came from. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't even come up with a company name. Who did? Uh, I knew I needed to brand the lights, uh-huh. so I got a couple of my good friends, Robert, Sean, and uh, I think Pat was there. And we went to Twin Peaks and said, look, hey, I got it. It's on me. we got to come up with a company name. And as soon as the beers got there, we, we started on it, and I swear it wasn't 20 seconds. Nobody said anything. That was the first one that came up, flashlights, and I was like, that's it. That was it. You guys just got a free lunch. <laughs> when you hear it, you know. Right. You know, it, it's something you feel, you hear, and it's just sewed up, done deal. Right. So, well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Plash Lights is because his last name is Plash. And so we're an LED company, right? Right. That's it. So tell me what the applications are for LED. I I know boats, as you were talking about earlier, obviously we're seeing them all over trucks. Uh, But break it down. ATVs, what all can we put these on? So, of course, uh, the marine market is our largest market, probably 80% of our customers. It's for their boats or their uh, boat dock, their boat trailer, their uh, palapa on their boat dock, something on the marine side. Um, The automotive side has been huge. Uh, We did millions and millions of dollars in 2014 because of the 50-inch light bar. Boom. Everybody wanted a light bar on their truck. Um, but the automotive side is super saturated now. That's why we're, we focus on the marine. But we do so many other things that people don't know that we do. We're we're a lighting consultant. Like I said, I have a lighting problem. Well, if if I see someone, it could be my local restaurant. It could be the the school down the street. If there's a problem with lighting, I I bring it up and say, hey, I can help you if you're interested. And nine times out of ten, people don't care. But then you'll find that one person and we'll fix it up. So it could be the like I said, the bar could be the restaurant, could be the, so the park. Pl- I mean, just like anywhere that you plug in a light bulb, you can take this anywhere. Well, I mean, uh, I went and did a bid for Friendswood the other day. They wanted to light up the city hall, uh, and they wanted to make it RGB where it could change colors and then also have the white ability. And uh, they had a – I'll say he's an electrician, but I think you know, it was just a, an assistant around there, just the, the guy that gets stuff done, the, the maintenance guy. Sure. And uh, he had a bunch of Amazon lights there, and half of them had moisture in it. He had caulked them all. Uh, I mean, it looked terrible. Uh, the outcome wasn't that good. They weren't lasting, and that's why they called me in. Um, yeah, and I want to get into the integrity of the product and what differentiates you from your, your competitors that are out there in this market. Uh, as you are saying, is really saturated in the, um, in the automotive space. And as well as, uh, of course, when you get into Amazon and other places like that, you're just getting shitty products. You're getting stuff sent from overseas where they don't care. Mm-hmm. And they're able to, you know, bottom out the pricing just to flip numbers. Even uh, a lot of the products in the United States right now that are out there that have a local name on it are private label Chinese junk. Yeah. And they're putting their, they're selling out, putting their name on it trying to get it at a premium price where it looks very similar to a premium product, 
but you're getting the leftovers from uh, stuff that's five or ten years old or old technology that they're trying to get rid of and blow out. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Nobody, nobody makes anything in this country anymore yeah that's and it that's what we're trying to change yeah i liked it myself included yeah well i want to jump into the uh, the marines and, and uh the marine um industry and we're talking about you know the boats the trailers uh, i would uh, assume that there's you know other than just for lighting purposes there's obviously some good advantages of having light on your trailer if you're docking in the evening or if you have them on your dock whether it's just a hangout for mood lighting or to do some little fishing off the dock in the evening. I know that the light attracts. Uh, then when you put them on the boats, is a lot of that also on the boats? I'm not a fisher, fishing guy. I love going out there, but I don't know shit about it. Right. It, d- did the lights on the boats attract fish? Is that why you originally did it, or you just wanted to see where you were going? No, I, I did it for boat fishing, so I wanted to see through the water, and I wanted to shoot them with an arrow. Um, and, and you and go out at night to do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you go out in the, the spookiest places, uh, <laughs> back in the middle of nowhere with the, the huge alligator gars and the spiders and uh, the bullfrogs and, and look and see what you what kind of uh, prehistoric creature you can bring into that boat. That's crazy. Yeah. Obviously, the lights let you see in the water. Do you right. have lights that shine out to where you're going as well? Yeah. So uh, typically on, on a bow fishing boat or a floundering boat, uh, they're kind of the same setup. You'll have lights that shine down like 45 degrees and then you'll have some running lights to get you to your your point a to point B. to where you're going right. gotcha cool and then i guess any other type of uh boats can obviously take advantage of those at night in the evening because uh, you attach to do you sell the fitments and the attachments and everything as well with the lights yeah so like if you want to go to your t-top or your rail the different pipe clamps and stuff that would go to that okay. we have all, all right. that cool Gotcha. So let's move over to automotive. You said that y'all did a couple million dollars when those 50-inch light bars came out, and and I kind of remember when those got popular not too long ago. Uh, They've been around for a while, but it was quickly you could see where it went from cool shit to cheap ghetto shit, and then everybody just started having everything out there. Mm -hmm. How How would you know what is a good quality light to buy versus the shit? Is there a way to detect the difference? Uh, it's one of the hardest things that we have to do it, is to explain the difference between something that looks identical to the, the novice or to the naked eye. Uh, and so how, how can you explain it? Uh, we have to put it in the pictures, you know, because the, the e-commerce customer can't grab it. They can't feel that product. They can't tell you that the aluminum's thicker on this one than it is on that one. They don't know that the lens is thicker, that it's got a better coating, a UV coating. They, they, you know, you have to, you can put all the specs on there. But pictures are worth a thousand words. Sure, absolutely. And a video, ten times that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about ATVs. I've had uh, side-by-sides and four-wheelers and all kinds of toys where we'd go out and tear it up and go mudding and tear shit up. Big money pits. It is. <laughs> yeah, don't let my wife see this one. The uh, in the lighting. I, I had. I can't tell you how many LED bars I went through where they would just go out. The cables wouldn't connect it wouldn't stay on the battery i mean every single time i went out i had light failure one way or another and that's the scary part like you were saying you go out as far as you can into the boonies away from everybody you're out in the middle of the forest with everything every living creature out there at night and your led is what you rely on i mean that's your your life support and then you have a light that goes out and you're blind it's you can't even find your way back because once right. you're you're that far out so how is your lighting for atvs does it have an application for that in use yeah so we spec all of our products for marine application and if you could build it for marine application uh, it will 
fall down on anything you know below that automotive included okay um off-road you want to throw mud at it you want to uh take it to the car wash and blast the bugs off of it sure okay uh, we got that and uh, there's some other things you know where if you do mess up our light uh if you blast it with the pressure washer too hard and, and it gets full of water we fix it all you have to do is send it to us that's for, cool forever that's really cool so um, lifetime warranty on that type of stuff yeah where's a competitor like kc big name in the lighting business yeah. been around forever everybody thinks of the smiley face uh if you get moisture in their light they call it uh, an act of nature and say so sorry good luck yeah. gotcha that sucks so let's talk about some of the other competitors out there who do you see as you know the top three or four people that you're competing with on the market kc i would assume rigid's one of them uh rigid yes uh rigid used to be the the largest one on the market though and i guess they still are but they sold out a couple years ago i was gonna say do you think they're getting a little commercialized and sold out and falling off yeah and it's the perfect time for us to move in what happened why did they do that i noticed it when i was building a couple trucks back in the day what happened to them did they start overseas no they still built everything here okay uh they got more into the accessories they got into lower quality leds where they could sell them at a cheaper price like the radiant series added the backlighting which we came up with back in 2011 um and tried to, to sell it to the masses versus selling a good quality product to a few at a higher price point mm-hmm. and yeah that'll put you out and now they're a you know, big corporation and that uh, customer service is gone so where do you produce your product at dickinson texas here locally mm-hmm. you have your own warehouse and manufacturing mm-hmm. everything's in-house yeah now we don't do everything we do as much as we can sure uh there's some products that we'll probably never make over here uh the strip lights as an example it's just a nasty process yeah uh, i about lost my boots walking through the factory in china it, it's uh, 55 gallon drums everywhere they can have that i'll let them make that uh, but anything we can make over here we're trying to make more and more of it here we That's want it, we want it to start here and end up here yeah, nah, definitely makes sense. And uh, I've got this truck that I was checking out earlier. That this is the H one that you built out. Yeah, it's my favorite truck. We got that when I was single, dude. <laughs> I love the H ones, and that that spray on those—that's crazy. Yeah, that guy would. Uh, I could see the end of my street when I lived in Bayou Vista. The street was a mile long. Wow, I could see the the sign at the end. That's crazy. So are y'all doing lights that replace the bulbs as well, or are y'all doing more of the strips and the, the big bars and all that? So we do a, an automotive replacement headlight. It's called an LED conversion kit. Okay, cool. So it's plug-and-play, uh, direct replacement, uh, anywhere from four to ten times brighter than your stock halogen, uh, same beam pattern, so you're not blind and you're not that guy. It's really one of the, the safest, the best upgrades you could add to your vehicle. When a customer comes in and they, they think that they want this 20-inch light bar to, to mount on their truck, I'm like, well, when are you going to turn that on? Yeah. Uh, when you go to the ranch, okay, yeah, that's perfect for that. But let me show you these. This is a lot better return on your investment. Uh, you can use these every day. And uh, once they see that, I'm like, look, try them out. If you feel like you still need a light bar, come back, talk to me. I'll, I'll make it right. But I bet you'll be happy with just this. So you're giving them lights to replacement lights, headlights, mm-hmm. headlamps. Is it called headlights, headlamps? Yeah, Same still shape. call them headlights. You still call them bulbs. You know, it's kind of like Coke. So y'all are just redoing them there? 
Yeah. And, and that beats the purpose of getting some of these LED lights. Because I think a lot of people like to get the LED lights for the cool factor. It looks cool. Right. But, yeah, I mean, when you come when they come to wanting to spend four or 500 bucks or whatever it is, and you're like, look, just pop out some bulbs and replace them with these, you're going to have better use out of them. Right. Makes a lot of sense. That's a good way of doing business. Right. So what really separates you, you know, if you can pick a few things that separate you from some of the competitors out there, uh, if we could do a side-by-side comparison, what's the difference? Uh, we take the product away. Customer service is really one thing that I think all of our customers would say. They love dealing with us. Uh, they love our, our warranty. If you have a problem, we make it right. Um, I always go back to uh, Homes on Homes, you know, the Make It Right slogan of guys up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, they'll tear the whole house apart to build it back right. And that's one thing I learned in construction. I worked for Vaughn Construction here in Houston for uh, about seven years. And if something was uh, put incorrectly, if it wasn't t- built towards that spec, we're going to tear it out and we're going to do it again because we owe you this and we're going to do it the right way. And that's what we do. I still have a lot of uh, slogans, a lot of um, memorabilia, if you will, from when I did construction. I have a, a picture of, uh, it was called the Kabir Building, posted right on my door frame when I walk in and out of my office every day. It says work harder written across it in, in a Sharpie. Um, so customer service, definitely uh, making our product as best that it can be. In, uh, and making tr- it here in the U.S. as well. Yeah. And, and that wasn't something that we, we always did. You know, it's, it was some Chinese stuff that we, quote, unquote, Frankenstein. But Yeah, it, I mean, you got to graduate there. It's not, it's not cheap shit right. to do, especially it, when you get into manufacturing and volume. It's, it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot harder. Um, anybody can call China, email them, and say, hey, put my name on that, send it over here white label yeah that's easy yeah making it here uh finding the proper people and the channels uh the packaging the packaging was a big deal to find somebody to make me a box here for under 12 dollars for a colored box it's It's tough (laughs) it's very tough i've been in e-commerce for many years and just for the supplements that we were doing to find a good quality box that was going to get through the shipping Mm -hmm. and end up in the customer's hands still look like a box it's not easy to find that shit here. Right. A lot of lessons learned to get to this point. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I can I can share in some of those lessons, yeah, definitely. And, and that's, that's what we need to, to pass on. I mean, because uh, not everybody needs to go through the, the troubles that, that I've gone through or you've gone through. Um, I mean, there's a lot of the failures are the things that you always remember. Yeah, for and, sure. And then you're always, they're always in the forefront of your mind. Like, okay, we, we're definitely not doing that again. Yeah. That's, I always say, it. you know, I learned 10 times more from my failures than I have my successes. And, and that's why it's important to have them. And it keeps you on your toes mm-hmm. and, and keeps you wiser and smarter and working harder. And, and I like that you're here in America, uh, you know, doing as much as you can here. You're also obviously employing people here. How big is your operation here locally? I think right now I have, uh, have seven full-time employees. I have one part-time and uh, one contractor, which is an outside sales rep. How big are the facilities that you have here? Uh, I think we have 4,200 square feet, and then we're uh, we're getting some bids to do a, a two-story. Uh, it's going to be another 4,800. Gotcha. We need, we need that for the manufacturing side. Right now, uh, we're, if we were just doing assembly before, uh, we've got room for that, and we've got room for our warehouse. But... Uh, we don't have room for uh, 10,000 units of each model to, to sit on the shelf to be assembled yeah. in a full assembly line. And that's what we need uh, the extra space for. Yeah, and I think and that's part of the reason why I'm asking is because our audience is looking to get into producing their own products and manufacturing and in-housing it. They need to realize what really goes into producing a product. 
it's not just you can't just buy it all white label and sell it you can if you want to be selling the cheap shit like everybody else Mm -hmm. but if you really want to have integrity in your product and make it something special and make it unique do it here locally it takes a lot of overhead at at what point was it that did you decide to start in-housing your product how long ago was that so in the beginning i realized that we need to make ourselves different we can't just frankenstein some other chinese junk and put it together and uh, expect that to last so how are we going to make ourselves different that was always the question how are we going to make our products better okay well we're doing all the assembly we're doing all the warranty so right there that narrows it down to about four led lighting companies um, rigid being one of them just basically the big players sure all the other guys uh, you have a warranty they throw it in the corner send a picture to china and get another one they, or get compensated for it where we fix everything um, and so we realized that to stand out and to be different uh, and to make the best quality product we're going to have to do this stuff ourselves and uh, i've been screwed over too many times by china when i give them my ideas uh, next thing you know, my competitor over here has got it on his shelf before I even get my sample. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to do it, you, you have to do it yourself. And you have to keep things uh, secret. It's hard. People sure. like to talk about things that they do all day. Uh, people like to talk about uh, exciting innovations. You know, it, it's something that excites you. The reason you get up in the morning, you want to tell your friends. It's hard not to. Yeah, it is. Um, so, and that's kind of... Um, where we're at now we've got some patents that aren't pending yet that haven't been submitted that we're finalizing we've got a lot of products that are just samples and demos of the the next curve i say the next big thing for the led lighting market and it's not just the the marine side or the automotive side all of led uh, lights i mean if we could make an led light um, last 10 times longer uh, I mean, if it's supposed to last seven years right now, 50,000 hours, and we think we can make it last 30 years, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's pretty significant. Right. Uh, and so and we're, we're on that cutting edge right now. We just uh, have to make sure we can cross our T's and dot our I's. That's crazy. That's good. 30, I mean, thinking of a light lasting 30 years is retarded. Well, what, what fails with the light? You get um, either the housing falls apart, you know, so it's going to be some kind of a metal that's not going to last in a corrosive environment. Okay. And we're eliminating that. Uh, the LEDs overheat or, or can't dissipate the heat properly with the housing that's failing. Uh, so we're, we're eliminating that. Um, and then it's just the, the lifetime of the LED itself. And on that lifetime of the LED, if it's 50,000 hours, it depends on the temperature and the voltage that it's running at. So if we have that LED at a lot lower temperature, uh, it's going to last longer. Sure. It's common sense. I'm sure there's a lot it's, of science behind it. It's pretty easy stuff, no. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot of common sense. And one thing I want to touch on earlier, you are talking about a patent. And I know that getting a patent is a pain in the ass. It's expensive. It takes time. What has been your experience? And obviously, it's you're, you're applying for a patent, and you can't get into the details of what it is or what it's for necessarily. But I'd love to hear what that process is like. I'm, I'm not a fan of patents. Um, not at all. I don't believe, I don't believe in them. It's just, uh, I'm the kind of guy where if you're going to build something, build it now. And if people are copying you, you did it right. And by the time they're copying you, you better be working on something else. Sure. Um, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. Patents are great for, uh, chemical compositions. Uh, they're great for, for certain things, but for a design patent or for uh, material that's common knowledge, uh, all, all we're doing is putting it into a different, um, configuration, if you will, 
Um, the patent doesn't really do anything. All you have to do is change one thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the patent will um, give us some security against larger companies, but it's not going to give us any security against China. It's not going to give us any security against small guys. Yeah, because China will copy it all day long and sell it to whoever because they don't care. Right. And other people will still buy it and stick their label on it because mm-hmm. they don't care. Right. And there's not enough lawyers and money flowing to just go after every guy out there that's trying to white label or knock off your a, stuff. A funny story. When, when I was in my garage, I got uh, five. It was all in one package, but it was five letters of, uh, what did they call it? It was from Rigid, from their attorney group. It was a big packet that I got served with, uh, cease and assist. And so I'm going through this, and I'm like, hold on, guys, I'm, I'm doing $50,000 a year here. You know, I just started. <laughs> and you're sending me a cease and assist from five different things with pictures and documentation. Uh, first, it scared me. Yeah, sure. And then, As it would anyone. Right. And then I was like, you know what? I'm doing it right. I'm doing something right. Yeah. These guys are scared. And, and look at me. And I just started this stuff, you know, working after hours, 8 to midnight. Uh, and, and now I'm getting a letter from the biggest player out there. Uh, so it, it ended up being motivation. I still have them. Yeah. Ah, I'd hang that up on the wall. Yeah. That's got to feel good when that comes in. You got the biggest company in the game sending you a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. You know you're doing something right. Right. Congratulations and, on that for sure. Me and the, uh, the, the owner met at SEMA the next year and uh, definitely were not friends. Uh, not a nice guy. <laughs> uh, he's about twice my size. You know, I'm almost six foot, you know, 220. And I think he's probably six six three hundred. 300. Damn. Uh, he's a big boy. So uh i stayed away from him but uh definitely you know he, he had a whole crew and, and i think every led light company that was on his radar got got those letters that year and none of them uh were valid they were all just, they were just scare, reaching tactics. Their, scare tactics for sure yeah i've i've had those once or twice mm-hmm. as well and you know for some of the little guys though it comes down to can you afford to to fight it or, or have the balls to stand up against it uh against it that's one of the things that you know is is important as a entrepreneur and owning your own business, especially if you're going to get into products, is having the right types of insurances in place so that anything does come up like that, your insurances uh, will, if you get the right ones, they will protect you so that you can hire attorneys. The insurance covers it in situations like these. Now, get with your insurance agent. Don't hold me liable for that because it really depends what coverages you have. But in certain cases, that's when you have to have the big policies to cover your ass in those situations. And easily he'll put you know i have a a buddy that i won't even get into what he's doing because i don't want to throw a red flag on him but he's in a in in a clothing line industry and uh there are some competitors uh who have sent him a cease and desist and it was more of a scare tactic they really didn't have anything on him but it's scary as shit and he's a little guy he can't afford to fight it he didn't even you know have enough money to call a lawyer to ask them questions to see if it's legit or not so what do you do it's scary shit. Yeah, I'm just uh, you go off your gut. You know, if you think you you know if you're really stealing something, then you'll know. Yeah. But if you're doing what you think is best with with common products, common knowledge, and just putting into an assembly that's similar, go for it, man. Keep going. Yeah. Don't stop. I like that. That's that's good advice. So keep people going. So I want to jump back over to the marketing side of the business. Uh, where are you selling? Where can people find your products? Uh, we're in a lot of uh, automotive aftermarket stores say uh, used so to be truck fitters now uh it, it's um 
I think they were ranch hand truck fitters. Now they're big text trailers. Uh, Familiar with them. So you're in a lot of brick and mortars. A lot of a lot of brick and mortars in the Texas area. Uh, once you get out of Texas, not so much. Then okay. then we're just either uh, OEM or e-commerce. Okay. And when you're on e-commerce, what different platforms are you on? Obviously, your website. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Just just uh, our website, which is, we use Shopify, which is uh, one of the best. Uh, ideas or the best platforms that we've it's, ever it's, used uh, yeah it's a great shopping cart platform were you with anybody before shopify and you moved to them oh yeah i've gone through them all yeah what were some of those experiences i started with vistaprint uh that one was actually probably the best really uh and then when i went from vistaprint i went to um a company i'd met at sema they were out of michigan or something they were terrible because every time you wanted to make a change you had to call them send an email and they would do it for you you didn't have access to it <laughs> yeah and they would charge you for it right uh, that was a nightmare <laughs> and then i went with the local guy that had all the the air conditioning and the restaurants and the dentist office and he was really um knowledgeable but he spread so thin that i couldn't get time for him to work on my website and if i had to buy his time i couldn't afford it yeah uh and then he had it on a kind of a self-paced so that I could work on it, but it wasn't the right platform. It was some uh, platform out of Hong Kong, I forgot the name of it. Uh, so then I said, you know what, man, I'm doing my own thing. I'm using Shopify. And we did that January 1st, 2018, and it's been one of the best decisions. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing platform, and, and I recommend it to most of my clients that do e-commerce. We use it for some of our e-commerce companies as well. I love it and all the automation and everything mm -hmm. else. So are you on any other marketplaces like Amazon or Walmart.com or any of these other ones? We did all the, the linkage, if you will. We've got everything set up. I've got a couple products on eBay. I've got a couple products on Amazon. More uh, just to prove that I got them in there. Mm -hmm. And I did it the hard way uh, instead of paying someone, but I, I don't keep up with it. I don't pay attention to it. Every, every once in a while, if we sell something on Amazon, I'm like, oh, wait, that's crazy. We sold someone on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's not an avenue that we go after. Um, and is that because you're doing enough business direct that you just don't feel the need to? I don't think you can ever do enough business. Uh, it's just that uh, our time is set aside for a bunch of different things. And business to business is our main thing. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I... I realized that years ago is that you know i can go and I, I could sell my products to you and then now you can go and sell it to everyone else for me sure it's a lot easier than me making that sales pitch over and over and over again yeah no absolutely it makes a lot of sense especially for the online sales do you allow your retailers to sell your products on amazon uh right now it's not written in the terms and conditions uh, as long as it's listed at the the, job the map pricing the, yeah the map pricing gotcha Makes sense. What do you do right now to generate business, to generate leads for marketing a company like this? You know, people that want to get into e-commerce that are selling a product, especially one that they're developing or manufacturing here locally. What have you seen, you know, uh, of the different techniques or tactics that you've done? What has worked for you? What do you like? What has eaten your fucking lunch and, and wasted a bunch of money? The best thing is trade shows, believe it or not. Much as I hate them, I hate trade shows. <laughs> Why do you hate them? because i've done so many of them yeah it, it's just uh, the grind of the trade show it's the different lifestyle living on the road packing that trailer up putting the booth together and then tearing it right back down uh it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money let's talk about that for a little bit when you do these trade shows is it like a tour or you just you're going to be gone for several months it can be i mean try driving a 32 foot enclosed trailer and a big truck all the way to miami and then you're there for a week and a half and then you gotta drive back i mean it, it's it's like a tour 
Um, and if somebody's starting to get into this and they want to hit the trade shows and they've got big products that they need to put on display where they need a big truck to do that, you know, if you can't afford a truck, what's the way to start out to get all your shit hauled there so that you can set up? I'm sure you had to go struggle with that at some point. No, I always had a truck. Okay. And I had a trailer. You know, I could load some stuff and redneck uh, engineer some straps on there. <laughs> Uh, we never, we have never shipped our stuff just because I guess that's a way to do it too. Just I, load I'm, up. A, I'm too OCD to let somebody else set up my booth. I'm too, I, I don't even trust anybody driving my truck hardly. Sure. I mean, I'm going to drive it. I'm going to set up the booth. I'm going to make sure if I'm putting $10,000 into a trade show that it's, it's going to be done the way I want it. And if it fails, then it's on me, but I don't want to point the finger and, and be out saying, Oh, well, you should have done it this way. I can't believe we wasted that money. Back in those days when you're getting started, not now, cause I know y'all are real big, but back then, you know, what size booth were you getting when you were initially setting up? 10 by 10. I still do a 10 by 10. Really? Yeah. And what type of orders do you see coming in from those? Do you sell orders while you're there and get people to sign up and do purchase orders? Or is it more to just show off the product? Is it more B2B or are the consumers walking by? Share, share a little bit of that information. So it's always about the B2B. At the end of the day, that's why I'm there. Okay, that's what, what brought me there. Now, if I can sell some goods while I'm there and it pays for the booth and pays for my fuel and my tolls and all that, that's awesome. Sure. Uh, and so we used to bring, we used to load this big trailer up and bring all these goods and all these lights and different sizes and different colors and every make and model. And we'd carry them into the booth and set it up. And it, it, we're paying double because we had to have a, a 10 by 20 or a 20 by 20 booth. And uh, we just realized it's like the light bulb went off. We're like, why are we bringing all this? We'll just drop ship it. They need it? Here, go to our app right here. Bam, it's ordered. You'll get it tomorrow or you'll get it on Monday. Um, that's a good setup right there. So you just bring enough for displays. Mm-hmm. And if they want to buy it, you can drop ship it and have it there in a I day ship or two. it for free. You get my trade show pricing, which I usually do about 20% off, and I'm shipping it to you for free. And they get it in two days by the time they get yeah, home. A lot of times they'll get it before they're even home. That's it awesome. It depends where the show's at. But, yeah, it, it makes life a lot easier for me. That's a smart tactic right there. So if y'all are going to be doing trade shows out there, that is something very wise that I've never thought about because I've done some car shows back in the day with some some lines I had is – Set it up, have your display there, sell it to them, let them buy right there, drop ship to them, and you save all the fucking headaches of, I'm sure there's a lot I of mean, expenses. Just think of uh, shirts. I mean, you have to have every different color and every different size. Why You have to bring all those SKUs, keep them from getting wrinkled, put them up, hang them up. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it is. Just ship it for free. It was a nightmare. Damn. <laughs> I wish I'd have known you back then. You just saved me a lot of headaches. So tell me, was there ever a moment in this business you know, over the last couple of years. And, and sometimes in business, you have several years that are good. They're going in the right direction. You're growing. And then there's a, oh shit moment where you made a bad decision or something didn't go right. Or you took a big loss because somebody did something. Was there ever, did you ever have that? Oh shit moment after you got running where you thought that your back was against the wall and this might not work? I can't say I have, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes but none of them were the oh shit where how am i going to get out of it what was one of those big mistakes you made that you can share with us um, inventory is probably one of the hardest things that i have to do uh, it's a constant battle to make sure that uh, my my liquid cash is now transformed into inventory on the shelf and how do i forecast what the customer is going to want um, i can always if i have the parts i can make it so we really streamline our inventory when we went to doing our own assembly on everything 
because now I can keep a 30 inch housing or a 50 inch housing or just long pieces of extruded housing with the end caps and the hardware and we can build it when it's ordered. Where before, if I had to have a 30 inch straight, 30 inch curved, 30 inch white, then I had to have it in red, green, blue, infrared, uh, MX, which is orange, amber and white, red and white, and then the white three watt and the white five watt. That's a lot of different SKUs for one product that looks the same. That is. So inventory has always been a nightmare. So that's been one, been one of your biggest challenges so, in the yeah, business. If, if I put um, too much money, put you know, uh, $50,000 in, in a product that I, I think is really going to be the next big thing and it doesn't sell, well, they're sitting there on the shelf and now I've got this product over here that, that sells that I can't afford to buy it anymore. I, I can't get the parts because I'm broke. Yeah. All my money's sitting over here. It's all tied up in inventory. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That, that is uh, that's something that could definitely, if, if I was going to go under, that would be why. It'd be inventory. Mm-hmm. Especially building the, all these lights ourselves now. You know, if I put all of my profits, you know, say I put all the money I've ever made, I got $100,000, and I put it into this new product that I think is the next best thing since sliced bread, and it doesn't sell. I'm out. Yeah. And you're it. taking it, and there's, there's nobody else to take the hit for You'll you. You'll see me on the side of the road selling LED light bars <laughs> on the back of my truck. <laughs> I'll pick you up, brother. I'm sure we'll figure out something. I mean, I'm going to hustle in somewhere, but yeah. uh, it's not going to be in that big warehouse. When I see the hat, SEMA 2019, were you at SEMA? Do y'all take cars up there, or do y'all just set up booths and show off the lights? Uh, I, don't, I go to SEMA every year. Just uh, check it out. Once that automotive market was so saturated, I uh, never set up a booth. Uh, I go there, and I'm just looking at my competitors. Uh, making sure there's no products out there that are innovative that are going to be ahead of me in this following year because everybody releases their new products there uh, I, i'm there more as a spy yeah so you're in there doing some competitor research some mm-hmm. competitor spying mm-hmm. uh, i mean and there's nothing wrong with that you're, you're checking to see what's on the market what's coming out next that was one of the things i was having a discussion earlier about market saturation and how technology can cause market saturation if and i'll use t-shirts as an example if everybody's been doing silkscreen printing for 20 years and there's 100 t-shirt companies all producing the same t-shirts what separates you Mm -hmm. and then if somebody comes out with direct to garment print shop and everything is dtg now that now is going to leave all the silkscreeners in a saturated market because you now have the new technology and can do shit a different way so technology and inventory are the two things that will, will kill you yeah well and you're smart enough to know how and when to stay ahead of that so it's not an issue so going through this process you've been in business what what 2010 pretty much so nine years now roughly maybe seven or eight of those were actual business before it was a frankenstein in it when did you finally have that aha moment that you know what this is going to work and and we're going to be all right my family's going to be all right still haven't had that really no I'm, i'm i'm nowhere near done yeah, and it's not about I mean, being it's done. It's not. There's not a, a a moment that I go to bed and then I think, you know, hey man, I'm 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 doing good. I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to worry about all this. It never stops. Um, and I think I work harder now than than I, I did when I started. You know, my wife calls me a workaholic. Uh, also calls me super OCD. But you know, this it's the drive that gets me up out of bed it's the it's what motivates me you know some people have hobbies like you said you used to go to the mud parks and tear up your side by side and four wheelers i used to do that and that was my hobby now i found a hobby that makes me money yeah no i I share in that definitely (laughs) definitely get that so you mentioned a wife do you have any kids yeah uh she had two boys uh when i met her in the previous and then we had a baby together she's 19 months now congratulations Uh, so uh, thank you girl girl 
uh, which it was planned that way, you know, uh, paybacks and, and uh, you know, <laughs> a girl is, uh, is daddy's girl. So yeah. uh, I'd never felt that kind of love before. So it, it's really, I'm glad that it was a girl. I was really disappointed at first, but uh, it, everything works out for a reason. Yeah, no, nah, I get it, man. I got four of them and, and that's what it's all for, right? It's all about the, the family and the kids and, and, and building a life for them. And it, it's good that we're able to do something that we love doing and we enjoy. And, and it is a hobby. It's. I did a, a vlog the other day. It's if you go to work and you don't like your work, then change it. You know, it, there's, it, a, there's a lot of people that are stuck in their ways and they don't like change. They just do the same thing over and over. And you you have to stick your head out of that shell sooner or later. It, it, do what's best for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, much respect for what you've done. What is the next for flashlights? Uh, all these new products is what's next. I mean, that's really what we're we're putting everything in, in the one ship, and we're hoping that it floats. Um, I know it will. Uh, I've always kind of done things that I think are cool, um, and not to pat myself on the back, but uh, I think I think if I think it's cool, somebody else, maybe a few people, are going to think it's kind of cool too, and they're going to want it. Um, and and that's where i think this is going you know i think everybody's going to think this is cool and they're going to want it it is cool and, and you've done a great success thus far and you're continuing to move in that direction you're making a splash you're disrupting your space in the lighting business you know before when you were looking up to some of these other guys or getting ideas from them you know now they're looking to you and, and you've grown a big successful company so much love congratulations to you for doing that and Appreciate uh it. If y'all are looking for LED lights of any kind for automotive, marine, ATVs, UTVs, any of that shit, uh, we even had a where we saw you, you wrapped up a whole business uh, out on the beach and, and, you know, any application that needs lights, you can get it at plashlights.com. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Steven directly. Dude's cool as shit. He'll be more than happy to discuss that with you. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, if you need to get a hold of Steven, we're going to put his information down in the comments so you can reach out to him directly flashlights.com. I'm Jonathan Wiseman. This is The Grit, and I appreciate y'all tuning in.